0: Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. We're trying to keep everyone updated on this uh, effort we're going after to purchase a piece of uh, property and some land and some buildings here in Riverside. Here's a picture of the uh, property. It's on Alessandro and Glenhaven. It's one of the most visible roads, one of the busiest roads of our area, and we're trying to pole vault as a church over a very high bar for a down payment uh, goal. And so in in our prep, which was about two years of setting aside money, we've raised $348,000, just over $348,000 for the future. This was all given really in faith, not really sure where God God might be providing a property, but we've been uh, looking. This is a uh, portable uh, space for us. It's owned by the city of Riverside. We set up and tear down in here. We've done, been doing that for the last 11 uh, plus years. But for the past two years, we've uh, sensed the time to begin to save money for the future. And so uh, we saved $348,000 up through September 18th, just a few months ago. And then we entered escrow on this property in July. And we, as we were working with lenders and finalizing things, we saw we're going to need another $400,000 if we're going to close sale. On this property, and so since September 19th to today, we are at uh, we are now uh, we're two hundred fourteen thousand dollars further, which is pretty awesome towards an additional four hundred thousand. So, <laughs> last Sunday we were at one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars towards that additional four hundred thousand. So, if you look at that prep number of three, you know nearly three fifty, and the two fourteen, and added to that, we're now somewhere around. Five hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars towards that. Isn't that so exciting? I mean that's so we're aiming towards we need about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to put down on the property. That's why we're we're needing that additional four hundred thousand. So towards the four hundred thousand, we're two hundred and fourteen thousand towards it. That's just in seventy-three days. That's so exciting. Uh this gets us heading into phase one on the building uh project. It's a four-phase building project. Uh, the first phase is really just to buy the land and renovate the existing buildings, and so that's what we're aiming towards, and it really is like a pole vault. It's definitely not a hurdle. It's not even a high jump. I wasn't good at either of those. It's a pole vault. <laughs> Probably none of us have ever, has anybody ever t- attempted a pole vault in here? I wouldn't try it, <laughs> but okay, there's one, two, there's two, but we're all trying to pole vault over this thing, and it's it's been pretty exciting seeing how far we've come, uh, and last week, we celebrated the 100,000 milestone. Uh, this week, in the middle of the week, we celebrated crossing the 200,000. So we're heading towards that 300,000 uh, and then, Lord willing, that 400,000. This has been an unbelievable time of faith building. Uh, with 14 more days, we're praying for another $185,000 by December 15th. That's the pole vault aspect. We're still, it's like the bar went, it seems like it's, I don't know if we're, you know, can I get there? Can we get there? We're asking God to move. We're asking God to work, and if this is His will for this to fully come together, uh, here's a picture of our concept drawings. This is what we hope to build on that corner um, over four phases. This is there's an auditorium, there's office, there's kids building, there's a student building, there's a preschool nursery, there's 293 parking spaces, there's an outdoor wedding venue. Uh, all of this is Lord willing, you know. And the first thing is getting over that that. that that down payment uh, need. And so a building itself is just a tool. A building is a tool. This has been a great tool, hasn't it? This this space here has been a wonderful place for us to meet. Uh, it's it, We're further south than where the center of our church is. People come from the region, and so this is pretty far to the south. Uh, we had assumed we would be a, a more of a neighborhood church, and uh, but it seems like God has brought around more of a regional church, and so people come from Riverside and surrounding cities, and so um, God may be making a way for us to use a different tool, and this would be a very visible uh, church building on a, on a high traffic. It's like seventy-five to 100,000 cars on the busiest days go past this building. The reason is because it's a regional sort of bypass road if you want to avoid the freeways, which most people want to avoid the freeways, <laughs> so... If you want to give a gift to this building fund, here are the ways you can do it. I uh, just have to make sure it, it, it's clear that it's to the building fund. So if you do text giving, it's make sure you use keyword build online, pull down the menu to the building expansion fund, or in the morning offering envelope that's in the in the program, just so make sure you write it on the building expansion line and it will go to the proper place. Um, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I've had people come to me even today saying, I'm so excited about what we're doing. And, uh he's like my wife's running home to get the checkbook cuz it looks like we're we're moving on this thing this is moving forward and so check out our website just keep an eye on it we're trying to keep it updated at this point everything really does help this is an incredible opportunity god has provided and so we're excited to see uh where this is going uh where this is going to take us and what god is doing through this so let's pray for this as we uh before we continue Father, thank you for uh, leading us. Uh, thank you for this week, Lord. What a great time to celebrate, just to give thanks, just to set aside some days to maybe slow it down, to enjoy some things, and to give thanks, Lord. And so we praise you for uh, your work in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in us uh, as as people, as individuals. Thank you for what you're doing if we're with our families, Lord, here. Thank you for how you're working in their lives and our friendships here. Thank you for our church family, Lord, and for uh, just the the deep sacrifice that has been going on, Lord, for a season, and what you're preparing us for, Lord. And um, Father, we, you've called us to live lives where so we would walk by faith, not by sight. And so, Lord, this certainly has been uh, like a full stretch faith experience for so many of us. And so, God, we just pray that if this is your will, Lord, that you would um, make a way for us to to be able to secure that property. And Father, we, um, if it were if it were easy for us to see, that would be sight. And you've not called us to walk by sight, and so Lord, the fact that we can't see this coming together, the fact that it it seems impossible, puts it in the realm of faith. This is where you operate. This is where you want us to uh, to walk and to trust you. And so Lord, thank you for giving us something like this to uh, to to walk with you through, God. And if and perhaps you're doing this, God, in this time, and if so, God, we will give you all the praise for it, all the glory, because nothing short of of you doing a real work and a miraculous. Uh, effort would you know would be it would be through your hands so we we thank you lord thank you for the privilege that you would call us to cooperate with you um, we pray that you would keep our eyes fixed on you through this season in jesus name amen well we're starting a, a series of messages called rethink christmas and we'll start with a quick quiz okay so what do you love about the christmas season you can kind of do this like thumbs up thumbs down or neutral okay and so, as I pull up a, a, a picture, you can just tell us what you, how you, you know, if you love this about Christmas or not. And you don't have to be influenced by the person beside you. You can feel free to just call it like you 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 feel it. Okay. What do you you know? Do you love the shopping? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral? Okay. <laughs> How about this? How about the decorating? Decorating? Anybody in for the decorating? Who likes the decorating? Okay. Some I see some going. It just depends. How long is it going to take this year? Are you going to find everything? <laughs> Do you have to carry it down from the attic? I, I have to carry our tree down from the box in the attic. You know, what about this? Uh, gathering with friends and family. If they're sitting beside you. <laughs> I love it. love it. <laughs> How about food treats? Mmm. Yeah. Got some sort of a varied response here in the room. Okay. How about the music? Who who's in for the Christmas music? <laughs> All right. For how long? How long? Couple of weeks? <laughs> All year long? <laughs> no. 103.5 constantly? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, how about watching Christmas movies, Christmas movies, yeah, yeah, a lot of movie fans here, all right, how about seeing Christmas lights and displays, who's seen the Christmas lights at the Mission Inn so far, yeah, yeah, spectacular, all right, Christmas weather, which we actually have some this year. Yeah. Not everybody though. All right, opening presents. All right. All right, now hands down, what's the, what's the most stressful part of the Christmas season? You can just say it. Crowds. Money, traffic. Expectations. Stress, I heard gaining weight, <laughs> yeah, you know there's all this stuff. frankly i don't mind all the commercialization of of Christmas. I appreciate the uh the gift ideas, you know <laughs> I'd never think i'd never thought of that that's great, but at times the season the commercialization of the season makes it so difficult for us to focus it 's hard to focus on what is this all about, what is Christmas really all about, and so in this series, we want the true meaning of Christmas to be really brought into focus, and we want to encourage you to celebrate Christmas, or rethink rethink it if you, if you need to. Christmas is like a magnifier. It makes the good really, really good. It makes the hard times really, really hard, doesn't it? So Christmas has the highs, it has the lows, but if we if we don't really slow down, we don't really think about and think it over, we can really miss what this season is really all about. And so this shouldn't come as a, as a surprise, but here at OCC, we're going to focus on the centrality of worshiping Jesus at Christmas because Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the Savior King. That's what Christmas is. And so we're going to celebrate that through this Christmas season, through these messages we're going to give our attention and really focus in on that. Now, when Jesus entered our world in the first century, he was born into a Jewish culture that had been waiting for a savior king for centuries, even millennia. They were waiting and waiting right there in the garden, just after the first man and the first woman rebelled against God. Adam and Eve rebelled right there in the garden. The Lord started hinting at a plan to redeem the human race. And God's plan just became clearer and clearer over time. But it wasn't really until Jesus' teachings connected the dots that, that things became really crystal clear. And throughout ancient times, God just spoke consistently through his leaders and through some Jewish prophets who foretold about the coming of a, of a savior, king. From the time of Abraham even, around 2,000 years before Jesus' uh, birth, To the last prophet who spoke about the Messiah's coming, not the last prophet who existed, but the last prophet who spoke and wrote about um, the Messiah's coming, a man named Zechariah in in 500 B.C., Uh, there was just these prophecies of the birth of a Savior King. And over many years, God was declaring his plan that he was going to send a Savior, he was going to send a Deliverer. And after the last prophecy about the Savior, there was about 500 years, a span of time, where... There was silence. There was no new prophecies before this king would arrive. But then all throughout the years, the Jewish people, they were waiting and waiting and waiting in anticipation and in hope that one day one would come who would establish God's kingdom forever. It's sort of like kids who are waiting to open up their presents on Christmas Day. They can't hardly wait to tear those things open. That's, that's how there was – that's what it was like in the Jewish culture, waiting and waiting that this is eventually going to come. And in all, Jesus fulfilled during his lifetime, more than 300 of those prophecies, detailed prophecies, Jesus fulfilled in his life. Many Jews just overlooked him, though. Some people saw the connection to the prophecies, but many just looked right past Jesus because they were looking for a king who would sort of bring them back to the earthly uh, kingdom of Israel. And so they, they missed the Messiah. And that's true still. If you're too focused... On this world and on what you can get out of it, then you 'll overlook who Jesus is as well but what if what if we really decided to rethink Christmas and and made a commitment to worship him fully? The word worship is is an old English word it means you know it's, old English was worth ship, uh, but it means the act of giving honor, reverence, and praise to one who is worthy. But what does that look like? I want to flesh that out i 've got some examples from the birth of Jesus. The king, the savior king. And we'll just take three examples to flesh out what this means to worship. So the first thing is, to worship fully means I, I'm, I'm fully available. I'm fully available. We see this in Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. The birth of Jesus was announced to Mary by an angel. And uh, the angel's name was Gabriel. This came as a great shock and surprise to her because she was a virgin. And so try to imagine the look on her face when she first is visited by an angel, sheer terror probably. But then uh, you will give birth to the Son of the Most High. So shock and fear and then bewildered probably. She's going to conceive Jesus, the Son of God. So here's the passage. It's Luke 1, verse 26 through 36. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel To Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Uh, Again, terror, fear, panic, an angel. Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36 six says, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. So I'm sure Mary had a different plan for her life. You know, this would have been a huge turn of events for any for anyone. I mean, ladies, how, how would you have responded at that point? And the angel starts assuring her that this is, this is part of God's plan. Look at her response. Look at verse 37. I want you to notice her response. Nothing for nothing is impossible with God. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you've said. And then the angel left her. Notice the position Mary took. She could have asked hundreds more questions. She could have just fled and, you know, just tried to run away. Not me. She could have been paralyzed with fear and crippled with fear, but instead she just becomes available. She just makes herself available to be used by God. A servant does that. A servant takes a step down from their position and, and does whatever the master's requesting. And that's what Mary's responding. Mary's stating she's just willing to do whatever is needed to be part of God's plan. She's answering and saying, Let it be. I'm your servant. I'll take you you at your word. Regardless of of my previous plan, do whatever you want through my life, God. Later in the story, it says that Mary visits her her relative, her her older relative, Elizabeth, who also is, the angel tells Mary, your relative, who's old in age, is pregnant as well. She had been previously barren, couldn't have children. She has uh, conceived as well. And so Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And so she just sets out. She goes to Elizabeth's house, and it's interesting. The scripture says when Elizabeth uh, heard Mary's greeting, like "I'm here," it says the baby inside of Elizabeth's womb jumped, <laughs> leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she's declaring, like, "This baby inside of me is excited that you're here." Uh, Mary shares that she's had a, a, you know, she's been visited by an angel. And she, but Mary herself breaks out into praise because these things are coming true. She sees that her cousin is pregnant as well. She breaks out into praise and she starts singing. And here's the song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the holy, or for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. This is this passage right here in Luke 1 where she's singing is called the Magnificat. And it's, it comes from a Latin word which means glorifies. Essentially, she's magnifying God through her praise and glorifying who God is and just saying, I want to put the attention here. And she's minimizing herself, she's saying it's not about me, it's about him. And so she just turns her attention to what God is doing. And, and Mary sets a great example for us. She's someone who makes herself fully available to do what God is asking her to do. Whenever we're willing to obey God, even if it's not what we thought, not what we, what we predicted, which that's life, isn't it? I mean, most of us did not predict what would come around the corner this month or this year in our lives. And God, you know, sort of turns the heat up in an area of trusting him in a new level. And then we go, we have a choice. To, to respond in, in availability to God, or to respond in, eh, I'm, not, I'm not available right now. Come back later. Come visit me next month. I've got a busy December. I've got a busy year. I've got a plan for this year. And Mary is someone that just says, "You know what? I'm yours. Let it be. Let it be in my life." I mean, this is a this is a tremendous example of how to worship fully. It's just to make yourself fully available. And then she turns her heart to praise. She praises God for the opportunity to join in his work. So that's the first thing. The second thing about worshiping fully is to be fully present. To Be fully present. To let God get your attention. To let him have your full, to be focused on him. Like the shepherds. The shepherds themselves, they're, they're watching their sheep in the region of where Jesus was born. This group of shepherds are visited also by an angel. Angels actually giving the announcement of the birth of of the Savior King. He's arrived. Most of us have have heard part of the story, but it it kind of it still creates a crazy picture in my mind. What must what would this have been like to be sitting out in a field, dark under the dark sky? I mean, looking at the the stars, but just you know doing what you always do, watching sheep, making sure the wolves stay away. This was an unlikely group to first announce the long-awaited news to. This is the first group, beyond Mary, that, that hear about the announcement. These shepherds, in those days, this would have been one of the bottom rungs of the social ladder. This, The shepherds were uneducated, they were often outcasts, this is a pretty dirty job, and Jewish shepherds... Uh, would have been seen as unclean by the more strict legalistic Jews because they worked with animals and so they would have been an unclean group of people. Here they are sort of trying to just do their job making, you know, making ends meet when boom, all of a sudden angels appear. The sky just lights up bright with God's glory. These shepherds, they knew the skies. They were used to the skies and so this caught their attention. Check out the passage, Luke two verses nine through eleven. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. Why were they terrified? Well, because angels aren't like what you see on TV, you know, or they're not like what you see in a play where you have the the angel with the halo and the, the pretty wings and they're you know, um, I. I saw angels on zip lines at the Crystal Cathedral years ago out in Anaheim. You know, they come in and you're like, wow, angels, Ah, so cool. Um, Angels are these powerful creatures that God has made. Um, They're not all powerful, but they're very powerful, very mighty. Um, Of all the angels that were made... um, some of them rebelled, right? Some of them rebelled. The story is that a third of the angels the scripture says a third of the angels rebelled, uh, led by Lucifer or the uh, one of the archangels who rebelled Satan. a third of the angels were cast out of heaven. and when we think of demons, those are um, fallen angels, angels cast out of heaven uh, that would terrify you to see a demon, wouldn't it? yeah, I mean all of a sudden, like, oh yeah. These all-powerful fallen angels, they don't serve God. But th- these these creatures that serve God, are they're, they're not all-powerful. I said that, all-powerful. These very powerful creatures that serve God, they're, um, uh, they're brilliant. Um, they're large. Um, you would tremble in their presence. And so the angel of the Lord appears before the shepherd, and all of a sudden... They're terrified. So that, that description makes a lot of sense. It's not like, angels, ah! You know, it's... it's oh, <laughs> your heart stopping kind of moment. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Most of the time when angels show up, they say, Do not be afraid. <laughs> because people are gripped with fear. But he says, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, A Savior has been born to you. The Savior King is here. He is Christ, the Lord. So they're filled with fear, but they're reassured. God is in this. This is part of God's plan. I think this is a crucial piece of the story. God got the attention of the shepherds. God ordained that this unlikely group of people would be a part of the Christmas story forever. The most extraordinary event ever, and it had their full attention. They're capt- you know they're captivated. I think that's what God wants us to, to consider is how, how can the Christmas season get our attention? How can the right things during the Christmas season get our attention? How can God get our attention today? He wants to have our full attention so that we'll commit to him to, so we'll follow Him so we'll trust him. What he, when he doesn't have our full attention? Uh, we just sort of give God a glance and we just go on our merry way. But he, when he gets our attention, he does so so that we can fully understand him, so we can understand our commitment to him, so we can understand what he wants me to do and how he wants us to trust him and obey him. Lots of people are somewhat present, not fully present. Lots of people are mostly present even, but not fully present. When, when we hear God speak... Oftentimes what happens is something else crowds out his voice and we just lose our way. We go off track. We check out. But not the shepherds. Look at their response. They left their fields to be fully present for an opportunity to encounter Jesus. Look at verse 15 through 18. This is what happens. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven. So first an angel's talking. Then all of a sudden the sky lights up with a bunch of angels. Okay. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, key here. So they hurried off. I mean, they went right away. God had their attention in this moment. They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I read this as the shepherds saying, let's go. We don't have time to waste. Let's get there right now. They're fully present. They wanted to see the Savior King, the Messiah. They wanted to tell people. They were so caught up in what was going on, they started spreading the news and telling others about it. Fully present people have, have really a front row seat to see God's work. You're, you're you're in it. So what would it look like in our lives to be fully present? Here's another thing about worshiping fully. It means that were fully invested, like the wise men. Fully invested, like the wise men. A.K.A. or the Magi, the wise men. The Magi, these were scholars, these were intellectuals who studied the stars. These these were men who had been studying the heavens, um, but in a different region. And since they studied the Hebrew Scriptures... They learned that the Jews, they weren't Jews themselves, they were from the east. But they studied the, the Jewish scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, and they learned that the Jews believed that a savior king would, would come. And his coming would be marked by a tremendous event in the heavens. And when it appeared, a star appeared, they knew this was the moment. And so now the, the wise men, they were not just around the corner, they were far off. In the east, and so this was a huge commitment for them to get from where they were to where Christ has been born. It was a huge commitment of their time, of their resources. They even took risk uh, to travel, but they decided let's set off on this long journey to worship this newborn king. Here's the passage from Matthew 2, verses starting with 1 and 2. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. So, when Jesus was born, they're in the east, but they see this great light, and they, they, they conclude this event is happening, so they start heading towards the, uh, towards the star. They arrive in Jerusalem, they start asking, Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star. The news eventually reaches the king. In that region at that time, King Herod. And, and Herod was a ruthless king. He was also a pretty jealous man. He was a maniac. He murdered family members. Like anyone who was a threat to his throne, he would take them out. And so when the news was circulating through these wise men that a king was born, they were there to worship this king, uh, he, was, he was concerned. And so Herod uh, wanted to eliminate this threat. And so he tries to work through the, the, the Magi, to find out where, where they're going, tells them, look, come back and tell me where he's at. So I can, I can go there as well. But the Magi, they had one purpose. It's, it's there at the bottom. We saw a star in the east. We have come to worship him. So here's the passage. When they finally arrived at the house, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. This was later, so this wasn't right at the birth. The shepherds aren't there anymore. This is uh, time had passed. Uh, the Greek word here about Jesus being a child on coming to the house, they saw the child uh, indicates this is not he's no longer described as a baby. Like it was um, this is a different Greek word that you'd use um, for uh, not the newborn baby. And so they this is again, this is after their long journey uh, it says they bowed down when they saw him. They started worshiping him, and they presented him these things, these, these treasures that they brought. They opened up their treasures. They presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. Basically, nothing but the best. They're bringing the very best to worship the king. Verse 12, it says, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country another route. They weren't going to go back and tell the king where this child, savior king was. But these magi, they just worship. They worshiped, they were fully invested. They didn't let the travel time deter them. They didn't let the, the threats of a crazy king block them from coming. They didn't let the cost of giving costly gifts prevent them from worshiping. They just they they, they show up, they worship, and they were in it. But these stories of, of Mary, of the shepherds and of the wise men are really helpful stories for us when we're considering God. Well, How should I respond to you this Christmas season with all that's going on in, in my life and in the world right now and all around us and the culture and, and the excitement of it all and, and the joy that's, you know, in this, this season. There's so much to, to focus on. God, where do you want me to direct my attention? We've left some blanks at the bottom there in your, in your listening, guys, so you can consider what would it look like to be, uh, to be fully available be fully present, to be fully invested. Maybe fully available. It's just maybe it's time to step out in faith to do something that you sense God is telling you to do. Could be that He's just speaking to you through through several different angles, but it's it's leading towards one specific thing, and you just keep hearing Him directing you. Maybe it's time to say, God, I, I'm I'm available, just like Mary did. Let it be. Or maybe it's it's being fully present, taking some time to really let God capture your attention and your heart and your mind this Christmas season one of the best ways to do that is just to spend time in his word to read this for yourself to let God to slow down to let God's word speak to you to listen to him to respond to ask God God please connect the dots of your story help me to see what you're doing in the world and how you've invited me to join in 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 your story refocus my my attention Capture my heart, my focus this season. What would it look like to, to be personal or to be fully present? I'd encourage you to, to to jot something down there. Or to be fully invested. What would it look like to be all in? Our worship team is going to join me up here on the stage. What would it look like to just say, God, I don't want to hold anything back from you. We often say, God, you can have most of it. I surrender there's an old song, I surrender all, I surrender, we might be tempted to say, I surrender some, or I surrender most. But what would it be like to say, God, I surrender all to you? You're worthy of it all. We want to just help turn our attention as a church family towards the birth of the Savior King. And so as we, as we spend time each weekend, we're going to do that. We're going to reflect on the story and what God has done. And we're going to ask God to, to speak to us through this time. And so uh, let's pray together. Father, we we, we are so uh, in in awe. We worship you for who you are, for what you've done. And for what you're doing right now in the world. God, thank you so much for sending your son. Thank you for being with us. It's not just enough to uh, to think thoughts, warm thoughts, but Lord, you came in the person of Jesus. You came and you made yourself known to rescue us, Lord. Thank you so much for uh, the chance we have to celebrate again this the arrival. Of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would have our attention, that we would give you our full attention, that we would give you our focus, that we would respond in, in, in obedience and faith, that we would surrender all to you, God, this Christmas season. For those that are here that maybe have never uh, begun a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you would draw hearts to worship you. Father, That for all of us that are here, if we whether we know you personally already or have never uh, decided to follow you, Lord, that, that this season, Lord, we'd be really drawn in to worship you fully. Even now, Lord, as we sing, Lord, I pray that you'd turn our hearts away from the things of this world and, Lord, turn our hearts and our attention to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.